Hey everyone, I'm Andrea Ferretti, and this is episode 218 of Yoga Land. Today, my guest is Bradshaw Wish. I met Bradshaw through Jason's teacher training. Bradshaw was able to do the in-person 300-hour training a few years ago. He is a yoga teacher based in Chicago, and I'm just so excited to share Bradshaw with you today. The original impetus for doing this episode is that Bradshaw, on about a quarterly basis, does some really fun yoga workshops. He is hosting a workshop December 13th that is basically a Mariah Carey Christmas workshop. And I feel like the one thing I know for sure, to quote Oprah, is that we all need more joy in our lives right now. So I wanted to talk to him about that. And as it turns out, being joyful and focusing on joy is a big part of Bradshaw's teaching. So there's such a fun conversation coming up for you guys. Before we get to the interview, I also want to mention that registration for Jason's 300-hour teacher training is open now. So he's doing an online, fully online teacher training next year. It's split into three 100-hour modules. Module one starts February 15th. If you would like to get more info, you can go to our website, jasonyoga.com slash 500 hour. It's one word, 500, the number 500-H-O-U-R. All right. Enjoy the interview with Bradshaw. So Bradshaw, how are you? I'm good. I'm super stoked to be with you. I love seeing you because every time I see you, you have a, like new makeup or new art happening on your on your face. Tell me what's happening right now. Describe so, to me what inspires you. So this is a company called Facelace. There's a pop star and I really love her. Her name is Charlie XCX. She was in an interview like a year ago and she had these like holographic stickers under her eyes. And so I put on Instagram, I need to find these as soon as possible. You know, where are they? Yeah. There's this woman named Phyllis, I forget her last name, but she worked a lot with David Bowie and oh, wow. a lot of makeup and makeup for magazine, for celebrities, for artists. And she created this company called Facelace, which the whole idea was to have dramatic makeup looks that were really easy to peel off. Oh, yeah. And so she did a lot also with Lady Gaga for the Super Bowl. Those were Facelace. And we were kind of talking a little bit before this about Instagram. One amazing thing about Instagram is being able to connect with these people. And like she and I chat back and forth on Instagram all of the time. That's cool. What she's coming out with. Yeah. So this is face lace. These are neon, I don't know, thunderbolts around my eyes. They're so pretty. They're so, it's so pretty. (laughs) It's so fun. She must love you because I wonder, I wonder how many guys like can pull it off. I wonder if most, I mean, if most of her clients are women. I think that most of her clients are women. Women. I think that the world of makeup is changing yeah. uh, so quickly right now. And it's, it's awesome to see. It is. You know, when I first started really playing with makeup a year and a half, two years ago, I was under this assumption that, that it was feminine. Like it, mm. you, you, know, you have to be a woman to wear makeup. And then what, the more and more I play with it, the less and less I think like that. Yeah. I mean, I was just playful. I was obsessed with Duran Duran. (laughs) So I did not think it was feminine. I thought they were so hot. (laughs) I love them. They were, I don't know. They were the first for me that could totally just pull it off. And it looked like it was, 
that's how they were, you know, that was them. It represented mm-hmm. who they were. So we've gone back and forth a little bit. And I asked you if you were a theater geek growing up. And that's where I thought maybe you started doing your makeup because I started doing makeup so young from doing theater and stuff. But you said you've only, you've only been doing it like two years? Or did you yeah, start I've only been, Yeah, I've only been playing with makeup for a couple of years. I grew up in a very theatrical family. Like you I did, did. yeah. yeah. I know, you know, it was always like, let's perform and sing Les Mis. Like it was very, (laughs) that's awesome. That that vibe. So I sang a lot with my grandmother. Both of my grandmothers are very musical. I did a lot of kind of musical theater in, in high school. And that was a big part of our kind of upbringing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it, it taught me a lot about community you know you talk about yoga you talk, you know community theater is very similar totally totally a hundred percent so how did you find yoga like let's go to your yoga origin story yes I, it's so i was thinking about this when you sent me that email and i was like i haven't really thought about this in a while I started practicing yoga in 2012. My ex at the time was like, you know, we should be healthier. I was working at a, a gay bar called Halstead's Bar and Grill at the time, serving okay. tachos to the homosexuals. What are tachos? <laughs> Jason should know what tachos are. Okay. <laughs> because he's a Midwesterner. It's like such a Midwestern thing. Tachos are like tater tots. They're nachos with tater tots. Oh, they're chips no chips chips are the tater tots tots. wow and it they're horrible for you and delicious yeah i'm sure (laughs) i mean any form of nacho is going to be delicious and then potato like fried potato you midwesterners really do come up with creative ideas and then they're like and here's a bowl of ranch oh my gosh So um, I, I graduated from Temple University in Philadelphia with a degree. Oh. Yeah, and I cheered in college for a little bit. Oh, wow. Years. And had, you know, had a gymnastics background, graduated, didn't really want to work at a desk. <laughs> I did an internship and I was like, this just isn't the work for me. Yeah. Uh, had friends in Chicago, moved here with my partner at the time, started working at a restaurant, you know, that after college trying to figure things out. And then I went to a yoga class with my partner and he just bought us like a Groupon and we live in Lakeview and this little studio that I went to was, uh, is called Bare Feet Power Yoga, which is in the <laughs> West. It's an adorable little boutique studio. Shout out to Robin who owns it. She gave me a lot of opportunity and I just, I love that space and respect it so much, even though I don't work there anymore because it's far. But I went and this was very much in the heyday of Baptiste yoga. Mm-hmm. And so it was very hot, 40 people packed in a room. She was extremely positive. The teacher, it was Robin, the owner that taught the first class. And, you know, people were doing something that was good for them. I needed that at the time. I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. So Andrea, and I mean, this this is 100% my thought. I'm going to quit my job and I'm just going to teach yoga full time. Literally within like the first 15 minutes of the class. That's amazing. Literally. And you did it. 
No questions. I also, I, I talk a lot about this because I've been working more with newer teachers and 200 hour trainings. And I don't know if I would have decided to pick this job if I had a career and money at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Because I just, I was 23. I didn't have any money. I didn't have any income. And I was shocked that people were going to pay me $40 to teach a yoga class. Right. You just knew it would come naturally to you. Yeah, there was an element. I don't like to say that teaching yoga is a performance because it's not about the teacher. But there is something about showing up mm -hmm. and, you know, leading. Well, there is a level to which you have to be incredibly comfortable yes. being the center of attention, right? Or just, just like you said, just showing up and being seen and being watched and being listened to. I was really shocked for me that I wasn't comfortable doing that. I like I had done theater my whole life and thought it would feel so natural. And then when I stood up to teach my first yoga class in front of, of a bunch of strangers and I didn't have makeup on, I didn't have a costume on, I didn't have a script. I was like, uh, uh, hi. It just was really overwhelming to me, but you know, I could see it going either way. For sure. Yeah. For sure. So I started teaching like a year after and had no idea what I was doing for about four years. It was great. <laughs> but I'm sure you attracted your people. Like, you know, I. Oh, yeah. I think I learned a lot uh, from those first five years of teaching, four to five years. And that's kind of before I found Jason and did Jason's 500. And personally for me, for my journey, it was really helpful for me to teach for that period of time mm -hmm. because I found what... I needed to work on. I found what burnout really was mm. and how to start to navigate that. Like I had said, that element of performance I felt in the first couple of years of my teaching was outshadowing me actually teaching yoga. Mm. And I was like just fun and, you know, flamboyant and could do handstands. You know, I was, there's the physicality that came naturally to me which was a blessing and a curse, I think, at the beginning. Mm -hmm. So during that first five years of teaching, just a lot of stuff happened. I was teaching 20 to 25 classes a week. My mom got diagnosed with cancer. She passed mm -hmm. away a couple of four years ago. Mm -hmm. And I was you know, just, just drinking a lot, not in a good mental space. And I realized I needed to kind of take a break and revalue, kind of, why was I teaching? Mm -hmm. I need to come back to why am I teaching? Why was I teaching yoga? What kind of teacher did I want to, did I want to be? Mm -hmm. And I felt that that element of me being charismatic and flamboyant and just joyful and fun is a big part of who I am and really important to me as I show up. But something that I've learned from your husband is that structure and knowing, having a plan when you're going into class makes things a lot easier. Mm, yeah. So I've, I've found this middle ground of, I know exactly what I'm going to teach for. I, you know, I work in that kind of four week increment and I realized that then I'm actually able to be myself more and also taken seriously. Mm -hmm. And my retention is so much better than it was four years ago. That's great. Yeah. That's great to hear. So you're, you're able to, it's makes sense. Like when, when we have a structure to work from, you then have the freedom to like, you know what you're doing. And so I'm sure it's a bit of a relief. And then you have the freedom to, to, to layer that and to add who you are. So I was going to ask you, you know, you've started, but 
how would you describe your teaching now and why, why have you stayed with it? If those four, first four years were just kind of like finding yourself, where do you feel like you are now? I feel like I'm much happier now as a teacher. I feel like I'm, I feel like I have my feet on the ground more. Mm, that's, that, that's, the, that's the best way to describe it. Since I have a structure and a mold and a skeleton to work from, the anxiety of showing up to teach and just like trying to throw things together isn't there. Mm, good, 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 good. And I've seen it with my students. You know, I've done it through quarantine, I've done all these, you know, workshops and it was a little bit of a, of a struggle coming back from training and being like, I have to be serious. You know, like I have to like, this is serious. I take this very seriously and like still uh, be myself. But I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm there or heading you, there. You found the blend of like the seriousness, but still being yourself. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And that's why I started, you know, why I do the diva flows and the Mariah Carey flows is that I found that I need I need a space for that campiness, uh-huh. yeah. for that flair, and for that kind of theatrical experience. But that's not every class. Uh-huh. You know, I, that that's once every that's once every quarter or mm-hmm. you know three times a year, where it's just joyful for being joyful, and the experience is like we're not learning any real technique here. We're just moving and having a good time, and that's okay. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. So let's let's talk about this a little bit. So. You just wrapped up your Alanis Morissette Jagged Little Pill workshop, which is one of these that you're talking about, where it's like the the flow and the the music and the theater, and you're about to do this is when I was like, I have to talk to you for the podcast. You're about to do your it's like your annual Christmas pageant, isn't yes. it? <laughs> no yoga, it's just a pageant. Like it's just on Zoom, everyone comes dressed up. We do one chaturanga and then you show me your outfit and someone's a winner. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> if you did that, you should have all the toddlers on because toddlers <laughs> love to get decked out, man. Oh my gosh. It's so funny. That's such a weird non sequitur, but I was just thinking about that because we, Sophia has finally grown out of that stage of like the princess dresses. And, and now when she sees little kids, it's such a, it's really fascinating. It must be something about the developmental stage because it's always kids the same age. It's like between two and a half and four and a half, maybe five, they're just obsessed with dressing up and being in a Spider-Man costume or being Elsa or whatever every day. I'm still in that a little bit. <laughs> You've up-leveled it though. I dress up like Elsa or Spider-Man, but I do love to get dressed up. Yeah. You, you definitely have up-leveled it. But yeah. she'll see little kids now and she'll be like, what are, what are they doing? And I'm like, oh honey, oh, I got to get out my phone and show you all the pictures. Um, okay, so back to Mariah Carey. So is it a full Mariah Carey soundtrack for this workshop? Yes, yeah. So this came about about five years ago where uh, everyone likes Mariah Carey Christmas and we were doing some theme stuff that Barefee at the time and I decided to just, you know, this is, this is in the first couple of years of teaching and not really knowing what to do for workshops and kind of all over the place. So I decided to do Mariah Carey. And we sold it out like 40. It's just so weird to think about teaching in times four years ago or even even a year ago. Like having 40 people in a room would be insane. I know. I know. Yeah. We'll be back. It'll come back. Yeah. And I hope it will come back. But, it, you know, you were, it's just like that mat to mat, mm-hmm. you know, which I know some people don't like. But it, there is something about moving and breathing with people 
that that's why people practice yoga yeah in public because it feels good it, it feels it, really it, good it feels so good yeah it's another way of being in communion you know outside of church yeah yes. it really is yeah and i think we're always trying to put words on what that feeling is it's like you don't need words it just is that feeling mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's so true that's so true so you're gonna do it again this year on zoom and, and I will like put all the details on the show notes page and all that stuff so people can sign up. I want to, first of all, just commend you. You've sent, you sent me some photos from the past workshops and they're so beautiful. And there was one where you, you look like you are on a stage. Are you on a stage or is that just in the yoga studio? <laughs> that would be an like amazing yoga presence and like a tree. I mean, the whole thing. It looks so fun. Yeah, we, there's a place in Chicago, it's a great events place called The Chop Shop. And I have to just really commend my my partner right now, my partner, my partner right now. He's <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? My partner. <laughs> right, the moment. Now it could change in an hour. No, <laughs> my partner uh, for, is also a creative. And so uh, when I had talked to him about Mariah Carey Christmas Flow, he was like, you need to make this bigger. This is big. This seems to be a bigger event. And I was like, you're crazy. No one's gonna, no one's gonna come to an event like, you know, that we can't get more than 40 people. Yeah. And so he's like, no, we're gonna do it. Let's put like a, you know, whatever. It was like a thousand dollars to rent this space out at the time, however many years ago. And we did. And he has an eye for detail, as mm. I expect you do too. I do not. And so <laughs> I don't know if I believe that, but a different kind of detail. Okay. He like, I, like I can put makeup on and stuff like that, but he's like, we need presence on the stage. Where I'm like, yes. we don't need that. Like, no, we do. We need, he's very good, like really cultivating. I can be the, the essence of the experience, but he creates more of the aesthetic around that. Yeah. And good uh, partnership. Very good. Very good. So he's the one who did the stage work and we got like, I think 150 the first year. And then the next year we got like 200. Oh my gosh. Awesome. So fun. Okay, if you do it next year, I'm gonna have to make a. I'm gonna have to make a trip. Yes. <laughs> it's just like my dream. Well, I'll, I will tell people listening to this because I know some of my students will listen this year because we took one year off, which was last year. We were really busy, a lot of family stuff going on. I had this whole idea of like being in a big box on the stage, and then popping out, performing. You know, <laughs> doing a lip sync to like my favorite Mariah song, and then. I think the element of performance definitely shifts there. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. A big reveal yeah. out of a, out of a, like you'd be at, out of a present box, right? Yes. Yes. Oh, I but also it. like put on the box. I am not a guru. Or something like that. <laughs> I'm just having fun. <laughs> Oh my God. Anybody. Yeah. I think anybody who signs up for that is going to, is going to be right there with you. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Getting back to your more serious teaching. I know you, you have a lot in the works right now. I wanted to just go back to a question I had, which is, do you consider yourself a queer man, a gay man? Like, I, I don't want to misidentify you, but so what, what, how do you identify yourself? I identify myself as, as queer yeah. or gay. Yeah, okay. Uh, you know, I, yeah. Okay. What are the things that you most hope to convey to your, you know, day-to-day, week-to-week students? That when we are practicing yoga, 
there should be an element of education. We should be learning something and we should have a good time and laugh. Yeah. At, at its simplest form, I, I, I think that, that it's that. I think that we are missing joy. We are missing a sense of lightheartedness, a sense of community. And so within this, within the work of yoga, there's this, this line of taking things seriously and then not too seriously. Mm -hmm. And that's a line that I constantly try to, um, to walk on. Yeah. That's really lovely because I think it's so easy. It's just easy to forget to practice happiness. (laughs) You know, it's easy to forget in our day-to-day lives. And then when we get seriously into a passion or seriously into a discipline to forget that like, this is all going to go away, you know? And so I'm there with you these days. I think especially this year with the pandemic, it's like just realizing more and more that we just have to be able to be where we are and celebrate the things as they are. And I think that's just a practice for so many of us. Very much, very much. And like, you know, like I had mentioned, my mom, my mom loved this time of year and she, she was so good at just being. Mm. That's probably the thing that I remember. I remember a lot, obviously tons about her, but that is something that just always impressed me. And I I honestly, at times was envy of Mm. because, sorry, dad, my dad's not very much like this. Also in this gym, he'll agree. You know, we're like, you know, the wish, the wish men in the family are very like, we have to go do things and, you know, neurotic and um, interesting creatures. But my mother was the type of person where she would come visit me in Chicago and she could just window shop for hours. Wow. You know, she could just walk in and out of stores and have a coffee. And she would say to me all the time, she's like, where do you have to go? Mm Mm-hmm. She's like, just be here with me. Mm. And it's, it's, so, um, it's so simple mm-hmm. to think about that. But I've been reflecting a lot on that and her in quarantine. And since she's passed, it's been years of going, going, going. And, you know, working in therapy and trying to process and work through grief and then stopping. And then being like, oh, I haven't moved through it yet. Mm. Which is okay. Which yeah. is really yeah. Yeah. That's helpful. That's, that's grief, right? Like it's not, it's not linear. Mm. It's not like you go and you keep going and, and then it gets better and better and better. And like you said, maybe that's beautiful because you're just still feeling the person and you're just still with the person and wanting to be with the person and wanting to remember the person. Yeah. I, you know, I've had a lot of, this is kind of deep, but I will say it, you know, I've had a lot of thoughts about death specifically during this time. Mm -hmm. And since I've had time to reflect on, you know, is this person dead and gone or have they just, has the veil been lifted and they've just moved in a different direction? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, there are times when I'm putting my makeup on and I can see my mom looking at me. Wow. You know, I can feel her and like, she loved fashion. She loved makeup. She liked, we like, you know, enjoyed a lot of the same things. So it's like, I can catch her almost inside of me, if that Mm -hmm. makes 
any sense. And that is, um, that's beautiful. And my siblings and I talk about this a lot. It, I don't think that she is gone. I think that she's in everything that I do. And, that, and I don't, and that, not to sound corny, I really do believe that. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. And it makes sense with the people who are closest to, like, I mean, what you said actually just completely made sense to me. Like, she's just in another form right now for you. 100%. Yeah, yeah. 100%. And like, you know, I, it's fun. I was visiting my brother. My brother lives in Portland. And he, this was months before COVID. I brought so much stuff. I brought like to his small apartment and I brought all these two huge bags and he's, he started laughing and I was like, why? He's like, I just love that you're, you're just like mom. (laughs) It's like these things carry on. And sometimes they're not the, sometimes they're not the good qualities. Uh, They're just just in us. And that's, that's beautiful. Yeah. Her ability to just be is like, that's a huge gift. Jason's mother is the same way. I mean, I was always just, I've always been super high strong and my family's super high strong and she operates on a different timetable on her own timetable. And she just likes to be together. And that is, I mean, gosh, I feel like I'm getting deep too, but just during this time, I, it's just more and more clear that that's what matters in life. It's just being with the people, your people, just being with the people you love. Yeah. And like, what are we, what are we grab? What are we like trying to claw towards? That's been a big thing for me too. I mean, I live right on the lake right now. I'm looking at like Michigan where like, I've had these times where I've had to put my cell phone down, which we're all addicted to. I'm horribly addicted. And I say to myself, I'm going to go outside because I live on Lake Michigan in one of the most beautiful cities in the world. And I'm going to walk my dog without my cell phone. Mm, I know it feels so weird, doesn't it? I do that sometimes too, and it feels like I'm so proud of myself. I'm like, look at me without my phone. Like I know, because you feel kind of naked. You do. Weird. Yeah, but then you see, you start to see the world around you. You know, I was. What's really funny is a couple days ago when I forgot my cell, when I decided to leave my cell phone. I'm walking down with, with Tito in like a grassy knoll and I find someone's cell phone. Oh my gosh. Yup. And this girl came running and she was like, did anyone find my phone? I'm like, I have it. She's like, <laughs> no, like what would and you I, do? I was like, something in the universe made me leave my phone at home so I could, you know, I don't know, I'm making You probably wouldn't have noticed her phone otherwise. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> Let me ask you this about your dog. Does your dog get annoyed with you when you're on your phone too much and try to, like my dog will, if I'm on my laptop for too long, she'll totally stand on my laptop. And if I'm on the phone, sitting on the couch next to her, like looking at my phone, she will just put two paws on my lap and look at me like, hello, come on. Because they're present creatures. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Tito, I will listen to my, you know, ear pods and I love to <laughs> dance when, I, when my boyfriend's not home, just in the apartment, I'll just dance. Yeah. And Tito always comes out and is like, because he wants to, he wants to play. Aw, yeah. So cute. Yeah. Yeah. So what else are you working on these days? I think you have, you have a 200 hour training coming up. Yeah. So I'm working, with, yeah, I'm working with my friend Gianna who also did Jason's training, who lives in Chicago. 
And Gianna, just so everyone knows, Gianna is amazing and she wrote the manual. Ooh, okay. She is so organized. I've been so blessed with having women come into my life that are so organized. Oh, nice. (laughs) That's good. I'm always like these, like uh, my best friend, Tracy, same way. She's so organized. I'm just so impressed. So Gianna's very similar. And uh, so she wrote the manual and we got it approved by Yoga Alliance. And that starts in January, which I'm super stoked about if anyone's interested. Uh, so it's to- all on all online? Yes. Yeah. All online. It's going to run a, a couple months, I think through the end of, to the end of March. So that is a, an exciting endeavor. We're looking, we're looking forward to that. And do you have a, a, like an information page set up that people can go to? We do. It's called Kaya Yoga School and Kaya stands for come as you are. And you can follow us on Instagram. We have a website as well, or you can just message us, slide into our DMs. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It was funny. We were DMing and I was like, you have to send it to my email. I can't. I'm too old. Yeah, you're like, I can't. I'm too long DMs. DMs. <laughs> I'm so afraid I'm going to lose them too. I don't know. No, I'm totally. Like, sounded like my mother. And then I'm also working with, I know no, people aren't going to be able to see this, but my friend Tracy is an amazing potter. Who Beautiful. I was just about. She made these. And we came up with an idea that we're kind of still grappling with and rolling out a couple couple nights ago we were together and she's just such a talented artist and I like the idea of infusing the art of movement with the art of tangible art Mm -hmm. and so I think what we're going to do again we're still figuring the details out is we're going to do like a three-month subscription service where we'll have only 15 people can sign up and Tracy will the first thing she's going to make is a little pinch bowl And you'll get that pinch bowl in the mail. We'll have a discussion of like what you want to kind of put in that pinch bowl every single day. Maybe it's a pair of earrings that you wear or your vitamins or just something that kind of represents you. And then we'll have a yoga class. And then the second month, we're going to do mugs and send people tea. And we're going to have like a discussion, a community-based discussion, drinking our tea and do a yoga class. And then the last month we want to do a bowl where we send a recipe. We all make that recipe on zoom and then take a class. Oh, that's so sweet and creative. I love it. Isn't that cute? I love it. I, that is so creative and such a nice way to, I mean, I think it's actually hard. Jason and I struggled with this. Like we would love to just have community discussions, but he and I are not very extroverted. So to feel like you have to hold that space is and it's hard to connect on Zoom, but to have these little ideas and items to bring people together is brilliant. So sweet. Yeah. So we're, we were pretty impressed with ourselves. We yeah. We're like, that was good. You know, you got to give yourself a pat on the back. Like that was really good. I, I feel right now that as depressing and uh, filled with anxiety, we all are, there is a creative pulse mm-hmm. that I think is uh, alive and well within artists right now and we are and I do consider yoga teachers in their own right artists mm-hmm. there's so much abundance of, of creativity of energy that is that is moving right now I, I feel it it's so true you know I, I mean I see in San Francisco I don't know how it is in Chicago but you know the parklets in San Francisco the little mini like basically in San Francisco they'll take 
a few parking spaces on a sidewalk and outside of a restaurant, they'll, they'll take those few parking spaces and make it into a mini park, which they call a parklet. And so there's like benches or, you know, and usually it's a coffee shop and people will just leave the coffee shop, coffee shop and sit in the parklet and chat and have their coffee. Well now because of COVID everyone's been allowed to build out a parklet. The city has just approved all of the restaurants. So you walk through the mission now and we also have this thing in San Francisco called slow streets where they close off a few blocks of busy streets so that people can walk in the street or kids can ride their bikes or whatever. So right now, the other night I went down to the mission to pick up some takeout and I was just, I used to live in the mission. I lived in the mission forever for 15 years and I don't go down there that much anymore. And and it was nighttime and it was dark and the street was closed and everybody was out and there were food trucks and there were, all the parklets were lit up with, with lights and heat lamps. And it made me so happy that everybody, it was just like people figured out a way to come together that was still safe. You know, everybody's outside and wearing their masks and, you know. We're adaptable we, creatures. We are adaptable creatures. We really are. I mean, I know it's it's still hard for so many people, but that just gave me so much hope and made me so happy to see that happening. I think that something, you know, something else I'm trying to consider and we should all consider right now, especially people like that live with someone, if you live with a friend or like you live with family. And I know that that within itself also can be problematic. (laughs) I went to Whole Foods the other day, talk about privilege, right? Down the street in Boyce Town. (laughs) And I went to get, you know, like my organic bacon or whatever. And I was checking out and there was this woman in front of me and she kept talking to the cashier and talking to the cashier. And I was so frustrated. I was like, when is this woman going to shut up? I need, I like, I have things to do. And I got home and um, this is very much my partner. He's like, Brad, that may be the only person that person talks to throughout their entire day. And I was like, mm. <laughs> you know, yeah. you're right. <laughs> you know? Empath. Yeah. You know, yeah. And- just he he sees that that's one of the reasons why I love him so much is like he sees that I'm like you're right like this is people are struggling right now so it's like we do know someone who is you know living alone or is feeling lonely or has anxiety or has depression aka everyone I know Uh, (laughs) at least the stigma has been lifted right like no one can hide anymore I just give him a call. I said to my therapist the other day, she was laughing. I said, I'm so, I was like, I don't want to talk about myself. I'm so sick of being with myself. I'm so sick of my own narrative. I'm so sick of being so obsessed with what I'm doing. I'm disgusted by myself. The thought of having to talk about myself for 60 minutes is exhausting, even though I just did it with you, but still. And may it be of benefit. (laughs) It will, it will, it will. That's what I tell myself. Have you ever heard of somatic therapy? I have. I haven't done it. Tell me about it. So I have, I've done talk therapy. I just wanted to share this with people because I think it's been, it has helped me. It's been really beneficial. And I think that right now, if you can find a somatic therapist, you can even do it on Zoom. And it's, it's really nice. It's very hard for me to describe since I, I am not a somatic therapist. It's about kind of using your body to move through trauma. Mm. And, and feeling things in your body and asking yourself where 
where you feel it instead of overtly talking about the trauma. Mm-hmm. It's very, to me, very yogic. It's, you know, it, it, it blends very much, I think, into that world of feeling what's coming up, but actually feeling it yeah. and letting it move through you. So if anyone's having a hard time right now, maybe look into that. It was really helpful to me. It's something, again, I just want to be, this is out of my, I sound like Jason, this is out of my scope. Yeah. <laughs> not, um, I am not a somatic therapist, but I, I have incorporated stuff into class. I never give hands-on assists. I haven't for about two years, but I, I like this, like I'll have, I'll start people in a meditation and have them place their right hand under their left arm and then grab onto the opposite shoulder and say something, just like feel your container mm. and feel the fact that you are, you are safe and that you are, you're held. And it's a lot of work like that. It's really interesting. I love that. It just reminds me, I have a friend who went years ago, went to India for a month and studied, like went to a residential Ayurvedic treatment center. And I remember getting a letter from her and I told her this the other day and she didn't even remember it. She's like, I, I didn't remember that until you told me that every morning when they, I think, I don't know if it was before or after they did their meditation, the teacher would have them wrap both hands around their body and swing back and forth and go, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. <laughs> and I he love never, that. isn't that so sweet? I've thought I've done that. that so many times. Yeah, that's so good. I love you. That's I, love so you. Good. I love you. I love you. It's just the best. That, that, that's the humor that you could have in class. What I've been saying recently, just to say something that's a little funny, you know, if people can't straighten their leg to perfection in a posture, I just am like, hey, remember, things that are really straight are usually very boring. <laughs> but I'm bumped. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You should be on stage. Oh my gosh, my love. Well, it was so, so great to connect with you. Thank you so much for being here. I love, I just love you. And I'm so excited for people to get to know you. Thank you so much, Andrew. I so appreciate you giving me the opportunity to be on and, and stay safe. Yeah, you too. Okay, thanks for listening, everyone. I hope to see you at Bradshaw's workshop. I will put links to his workshop and his upcoming teacher training on the show notes page, which you can find at yogalandpodcast.com slash episode 218. Sending you all much love. And until next week, enjoy your practice.